Welcome to the Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing podcast, where we explore the hottest topics in cyber marketing, interview experts, and help you become a better cybersecurity marketer. Hello and welcome to another fantastic episode of Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing. Before we get started today on this week's episode, of which we have two amazing guests, I do want to ask a favor, audience. Do you enjoy this podcast? Have you enjoyed listening to the sultry and dulcet tones of my and Maria's voices as we we serenade you from your car speakers or wherever you're listening? Well, if you have or you haven't, we want to know, can you please send us a note? a piece of feedback, a suggestion, an idea for the show at hey there at cybersecuritymarketingsociety.com. Again, that's hey there at cybersecuritymarketingsociety.com. You can also just find us on LinkedIn. All right, so we are so excited for this, finally, to get to today's episode. <laughs> we are so excited to have Claire McKenna, the senior writer and researcher at Bar Advisory, and Michelle Rawlings, media coordinator at Bar Advisory, here with us today. Claire, Michelle, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you both so much for having us. We're so excited to be here. And I completely forgot Maria. I forgot to introduce Maria, and I'm so sorry. I have a fabulous co-host, Maria. <laughs> Maria, who? What? <laughs> It's not like we haven't done 50 episodes or something. Everybody knows. We're both here. We're excited for this episode. Let's get into it. Absolutely. Okay. So before we get into what you guys do at BAR, can you give us a little context about what BAR Advisory does? Yeah, absolutely, Gianna. So BAR Advisory is a cloud-based security and compliance solutions provider. So we serve companies with high-value information in any cloud environment, AWS, Google Cloud. And we really have two sides to our business. We have the attest side, which handles compliance. So it's going to be your SOC reports. And then we also have our consulting side, which is, you know, we offer virtual CISO services. BAR is about 75 people. Nice. And how big is the marketing team? Our marketing team, I believe, is six at the moment. That's pretty good for 75, right? Yeah, six is pretty good for a 75-person company. I mean, we'll have to see how big the sales team is because I love to make that comparison. But that's for another episode, isn't it? <laughs> is it? How big is the sales team? We have to have Bar Advisory on. <laughs> Our sales team is two right now. We have two fantastic sales folks, and we have a phenomenal relationship with them. Wow. Wow. Whoa. I mean, that's a testament to how strong your brand is in order for the business to sustain itself on a two-person sales team. That is fantastic. That's amazing, Claire and Michelle. Let's get into more of you guys' roles. Claire, you're the senior writer and researcher, and Michelle, you're media coordinating. What are these two roles, and how do you guys work together? I'm Claire, the senior writer and researcher, and I really own our thought leadership efforts. So I work on a wide variety of content, our blogs, white papers, 
And yeah, I'll pass over for Michelle if you want to talk about what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the media coordinator at VAR, like they said. And so I sort of handle our external communications, PR, strategic communications, award submissions, and all of that fun stuff. So yeah, it's really fun to be able to work with Claire. We have this some overlap in what we do, but also sort of have our own defined little lanes that we're in. And so it's nice to have that. Our roles really work together nicely because we both rely on our internal subject matter experts so often that sometimes maybe Michelle is looking for a quote that I can then repurpose for a blog. So I would say we have a good bit of overlap in that we get to help each other out a lot. That's awesome because at least according to the PR folks that I work with, the foundation of good PR is content. And some of the best content comes out of your SMEs internally at your company. You really can't underestimate them. Absolutely. That is so true. You are very spoiled (laughs) Uh, (laughs) compared to a lot of others that would love to have fairly available SMEs for a lot of the marketing that we do. It's always a really nice to have. I think it's also an important thing and a notable thing that we have so many SMEs available. So at a lot of companies, I feel like they sort of leave that up to the executive level or like the top level leadership. And at bar, one of the first things that I wanted to do is really open those opportunities up to everyone in the company because we're working in cybersecurity. And there not only is all of the information that all of our SMEs have really helping people and like making a difference, but they know so much. They don't even really realize everything and all the information that they have. They take it for granted. And I know myself, I don't know if Claire, you feel this way too, that it's almost overwhelming learning all of this stuff in cybersecurity coming in from a not tech background. And then to hear someone say, well, I'm not really that tech focused. I'm like, well, you have a degree in computer science and you've been working (laughs) in cybersecurity for 10 years. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I feel like every time I get off a call with a subject matter expert, they're like, I don't know if any of this is really going to help you, but here's what I know. And then after the content piece is finished, they're like, I had no idea that what I knew was valuable. And so it's all about getting them to actually give it to you, asking the right questions. Tell us, how do you incentivize your SMEs to give you content, to work with you, to talk with you, to do these conversations where you can find valuable snippets and nuggets and wisdom to put into your content? We just kind of talk a lot about general incentives. So it's great for their personal brand, both in and out of their current role. It's great for them to be able to share on LinkedIn. We also, Michelle can talk about this further, but share media features in Slack to really publicize it. So anytime one of our SMEs is featured in a media report, or if they helped and gave a quote for an article, we send it to the whole company to really celebrate it. Say, hey, look what this person did. And that really incentivizes others to be like, oh, wow, you get a lot of recognition among your peers and among leadership for stepping up and helping out the marketing team. That is so cool. Like, how awesome is that for building brand? I mean, that's so effortless. You're effortlessly building brand through your SMEs. That's pretty cool. What are some of the your SMEs' actual job titles within the company? And then what is some of their expertise? I'm assuming it's mainly compliance, but maybe pick your favorite three and don't know many <laughs> in case you don't want to break anybody's heart. But pick your favorite three that usually bring a lot to the table, awesome content, quotes, blah, blah, blah. What are their job titles and what do they specialize in? 
some of the greatest SMEs that we have, I mean, most of them, I would say, are all sort of like associate and senior consultants. So they are working a lot in the compliance realm. But we do also have like members of our virtual CISO team who contribute, who have a really great thoughts on everything from the individual level all the way up to the organizational level. I can't know if I can pick out three. Everybody has been so wonderful and they're just so full of knowledge. It's really an honor to be able to share what they know or help them share what they know with the whole world. Yeah, I think picking out a top three would be tough, but you definitely, once you have that relationship, I would say I work closest with one of our senior CISO consultants and we've become good enough friends that I can just send him a quick slack of hey, can you clarify this for me? And he'll be like, no problem. And he's totally fine with me turning that into a ghostwritten quote for an article. So that's the kind of relationships that we're really lucky to have. So getting back to what you were saying before, Maria, about trying to make things effortless for the SMEs, that's really a priority for us. We really try to make things as easy as possible for them. So for me, a lot of my job involves like finding rapid response queries that they can respond to and sort of pitching those responses. And so making that effortless for me involves finding the questions, identifying them, searching through that big long list from Haro and finding the ones that are relevant to our company, going through Twitter, going through LinkedIn and finding influencers and journalists who are looking for these things. And then also doing more of that like back-end PR research of what does this journalist usually cover? What does that outlet usually cover? What are they looking for? And maybe not just what questions are they asking, but what questions are they trying to ask? What answers are they trying to get? And so if I can present the opportunity to an SME in a way that shows them, or I guess that makes things easy for them, that the question is very easy to understand, then, and also that the question is relevant to what the journalist and the outlet would cover, then I think that makes things really easy on them. And it sort of saves them time and also saves me time and polishing things up before we send it over. Yeah. Thanks for breaking down your process there, because that was going to be my follow-up question is, okay, how do you actually research the right opportunities for your SMEs to get involved with? And I'm pretty sure there's so many more steps, but it's nice to see how arduous the process is in order to find the right time, right, too, because it takes a couple of seconds for it to be somebody else's opportunity to quote on a particular article or research or whatever. So that's awesome. I'm lucky working with Claire, like she said earlier, we're constantly able to sort of share these different quotes that we have and different like nuggets of information that we get from SMEs. I mean, we created this quote bank of quotes that we have that, you know, haven't been published yet that we can pull from for internal and external reasons. So yeah. That's awesome. A lot of this sounds very programmatic and you guys teased us in our scoping call because I know there's something called the Media Bar Program. Can you explain what this is, how it operates and how both of you are involved in it? For Media Bar, this is really something that I really wanted to do like from the moment I started at Bar earlier this year. Like I said earlier, trying to get not just the top level leadership, but everyone in the company involved in our PR and media outreach. And I guess this was sort of the solution that we landed on to make that happen. So, I mean, to my knowledge, I don't think we've done anything like this at Bar before. It started out as just sort of explaining what PR opportunities were out there for our SMEs and teasing them on the things I've said today, like how easy it is for you to get involved. Like, I don't need whole paragraphs. I just need some bullet points from you and I'll make it into a quote, that sort of thing. So really spreading that message, explaining like what we're doing and how we do it. And then for me, it was finding the right tools and platforms, whether that's Haro or social media, Twitter, LinkedIn, 
And then from there, once everybody was really sold on the idea, it was just getting people to sign up. So we have this sign up sheet that is sort of, I don't know, Claire said Media Bar is my baby, but the sign up sheet is my baby because that's the list of SMEs and that's their names, their titles, when they're available, what days of the week, when they're not available, when are you going to be on PTO, what topics do you like to talk about the most? And so I have this giant database. They've signed up because they're interested. And now I know exactly when and how they can be available. So it just really makes the process easy for me and for them. But the biggest thing about Media Bar is really just we try to, I guess, curate the right opportunities and then coach the associates into landing those opportunities and helping them out on their personal brand and also on the bar brand. Now that's pretty cool. You mentioned personal brand, and I imagine you probably have, maybe it's a secret document, maybe they don't know it exists, but maybe you have this SME persona sort of matrix where it's like, yeah, this person is not active on social. They don't like to be on webinars. They don't want to do a media interview. So you have your different personas of SMEs that you pick for certain activities probably, right? Yeah. Well, and then also I think in cybersecurity, we always are looking at like technical talk, like really getting into like that tech jargon. But for some of those people, maybe it's they don't want to share on LinkedIn because they're shy about their technical knowledge or, you know, they don't want to necessarily get in deep into the jargon or they could be insecure about that. So there's just because we're in cybersecurity doesn't mean that there aren't other opportunities or other avenues, other topics that they could discuss. So recently we had an SME speaking about her experience as a woman in tech, just you know, in general working in STEM. So there's lots of topics out there. And I try to find there's SMEs who aren't as willing to talk about the technical stuff. So I try to find sort of different opportunities for them if they're still interested. Makes sense. Yeah. And I would say we do a really great job of that at BAR. There will sometimes be people that I run our video series and having that database is really helpful. But sometimes I know that like some people just aren't comfortable going on a video interview. So I might ask, hey, I know you're not comfortable going on this video interview, but would you mind just hopping on a quick call with just me, not recording it so I can get like a better understanding of something? And that might turn into, you know, a ghostwritten article that then they can use. And so I think it's really about finding the right opportunities for the right people. Love that. Claire, how are you kind of thinking about what goes into my content bank for content that will be produced by bar, like webinars, et cetera, and what goes into the PR bank that can go into the media bar program? How are you thinking about that? We have a policy at bar that we like to recycle content wherever we can, repurpose wherever we can. So if I get a great article based on a call with someone that might be letting Michelle know, hey, we have this article going out. Is this something that you think might help any journalists that you know? Is this something that you think might get any media attention? And so I would say that's really how our content relationship works with the Media Bar program. Is there anything you'd add to that, Michelle? Yeah, and just that sometimes the media bar responses, as I like to call them, you send rapid responses all the time, and sometimes they just don't work out, or sometimes you never hear back. And that just adds to the quote bank that the content team and Claire can use internally. So you all talked about this in a podcast about like recycling and reusing content Mm -hmm. all the time. And that's just such a priority for us. 
both internally and externally, just going back and forth, we're always open to figuring out new ways that we can like repurpose and just make sure that the time that we spend with our SMEs is never wasted and the time and effort that they spend is never wasted. Awesome. That episode was with Brittany Geronimo and we'll link to that in the show notes. Yeah, that was a good one. On the content front and more sort of on the research side of things, Claire, do you partner with your SMEs on research projects, maybe data reports, annual reports, things like that? Yeah, definitely. So we haven't done our own annual report or data report at bar yet, but it's definitely something that we're interested in when it's on the horizons. But one practice that we have established that has been really helpful internally, and I think for a lot of our clients has been when one of those big data reports comes out that you look for every year, like the Verizon data breach report, we'll actually just have a coffee call with our subject matter experts to be like, hey, you guys are the experts. You're reading this every year. How would you explain this to some of our clients? What is the impact of this data for our clients? And then turning that into content that can really benefit of our clients of saying like, hey, you're thinking about your security programs. Maybe you've heard of this big report, but you're not sure how to interpret it. Here's how you should be thinking about it based on what your security consultants think. So that's kind of one way that we've been able to take advantage of some of those like bigger reports that come out for content. Oh, that's really clever. That's clever. I mean, somebody else did the work. Let's just figure out how to use the findings and give value to our customers, which is something I think your customers would appreciate. And I think your SMEs would appreciate the time back in their day. Yeah, definitely. And now we'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors and producers, Hacker Valley Media. Chris Cochran and Ron Eddings run an amazing studio here, which produces not only the Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing podcast, but a bunch of other shows that you're going to want to listen to as well. So all these shows plus more, and then on top of that, probably even more coming soon, are available to look at, listen to, and sponsor at HackerValley.com. Make sure you go over there and say, hey, Gianna and Maria said I should come check out your website, listen to your shows, and sponsor a podcast or two. Has there been any challenges in what you guys have done so far that you've experienced collecting content and SME advice or Michelle in the execution of the Media Bar program? And how did you guys overcome them? I'm thinking because like if someone you've been doing this for a while and if someone's just starting out and is saying, I'm going to start engaging my SMEs, we're going to start sharing and start trying to get in front of the press. And what are some of the challenges that you overcame when launching this? And don't say it was perfect. (laughs) You're going to make everybody mad. (laughs) You can if it was though. (laughs) (laughs) Things are not perfect. Definitely. I will say we are really lucky that we have a company culture that really has a lot of buy-in to marketing. So we had that going for us. I will say the biggest challenge that I had on the content side especially when I first got started is knowing the right questions to ask. Because like we mentioned earlier, a lot of subject matter experts just don't realize they are sitting on a goldmine of content. And really, there were definitely times where I don't have a super technical background, I think like a lot of us marketers. So there were times that I was just not asking the right questions and 
being like, I need to go back to the drawing board and then I will call you again. I'm so sorry for wasting your time. Clearly my questions are not what I need to get out of you. So I think just knowing the right questions to ask, and that really involves doing a lot of background research, both of what people want to know and what kind of information is actually going to make a difference was my biggest challenge when kind of getting started on a lot of our thought leadership content. What about you, Michelle, with Media Bar challenges? Yeah, I think my biggest challenge with Media Bar, especially when we first started it, was just getting people involved. And like we were talking about at the beginning of the episode, just incentivizing people. I don't love the word incentivize because it makes me sound like I'm like begging you or forcing you to do something, but we're reluctant to do. When really, I feel more like I'm encouraging you or just opening doors for you. Really just being able to make the case to our SMEs that it was worth their time and their effort to write a response or talk to a journalist on Zoom or give a phone call. or Yeah, we just had to find different ways to show them why it was worth their time. So whether that was for their own personal brand or because they want more credibility with clients or for their own personal careers, like annual reviews coming up, those sorts of things. So incentivizing was probably my biggest challenge. And and like we said earlier, once you've got some people involved, then the ball just starts rolling. And so you just kind of get those first couple of people, those first couple of mentions, and then everyone will start getting really excited about seeing their name in print too. I mean, that's a much better strategy than what I've done. I just usually bribe with baked goods if we're in office or a promise to sign them up for the next big event and send them on a trip to some kind of show or something. (laughs) Just dangle it in front of them. Here, do you want to go to RSA? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have to talk to the media if you go. (laughs) (laughs) I love the story of pushing personal brands to your team and to your SMEs because I did a training on being more active on LinkedIn. And the core of the training to my company was, this is good for you. Like, it's also good for our company. But hey, it's good for you and your career and your notoriety and you as a person and whatever to be highly networked and to have some level of notability or thought leadership, basically. What do you do when someone's really not interested in a personal brand? If someone is really not interested I don't think it's actually an issue that we've run into it far, but I also just say like, then we just respect that. And, you know, if someone really isn't comfortable being featured on the company LinkedIn or featured elsewhere, then that's totally okay. And if you want to find another way to get involved, reach out because we would love to figure out how to get you involved without you having to be uncomfortable doing something or just not wanting to do it. Nice. It would be great to get the CEO available. <laughs> yeah, but that's why it's so great to have like a program like we have where everyone from top to bottom can be involved. So we have, if someone's on PTO this week, if our founder or president is on PTO this week, then we can move on to the next person down the line or move on to someone else who is available or is interested. It doesn't always have to be that one SME that always answers questions. Like you can spread the love throughout the whole company. And I think that makes it easier to take up and take advantage of the opportunities that come to you when you have more people available. Yeah, that's true. And also think about the output. You want somebody that's interested, loves and is passionate about the topic you're asking them about because the quality of the content is going to be great versus somebody that, you know, you... Marketing made me do it. (laughs) Exactly. ROI. So... Right? You guys have been running these programs. You've started Media Bar. How long has Media Bar been running? 
So we have started Media Bar in April or May. So it's been running since the spring. Oh my gosh, that's a short time period. So can you talk at all about the ROI of the program or some of, maybe some of these indicators you're seeing coming out of it, right? You're saying, all right, we're going to programmatically do PR. We're not going to do it. We're going to implement this in hopes to like bolster and like get stronger, better and all of that. Like what have the results been like? Can you share any data with us? So it's been really great. Like I said before, just to see the different, like the wide number of associates on our team who have been able to participate. So one of my favorite like data points so far is that we don't have more than two or three mentions for any one SME throughout the whole media bar program because everyone has like one or two or three. And so maybe not everyone, but the list is getting longer every day. So it's exciting to see so many people involved. We've seen like an increase in just media mentions and share of voice in general. That's impressive. The fact that you're able to create that balance and really give them what you promised, right? When you engaged SME and you said this is an opportunity for you to build your personal brand, you really created this equal opportunity for brand creation across all of your SMEs. And that's impressive. That's not easy to do. Right. And it's exciting to see people get into these magazines and newspapers and things that they never dream. Like I never thought I would see my name in CIO magazine or cyber news or the cyber wire or something. And so to be able to connect them with those opportunities is just really great. And then obviously, they're very visible. So it's easy for on our team and then also for leadership to see the ROI of the efforts that we're putting in. We did this and it got us this media mention in this major cybersecurity outlet. Yeah. And I will just add to that prior to Michelle starting Media Bar, we did not have any sort of formal media PR program. So she really built this from the ground up. And we went from, you know, having a few media hits here and there from the rest of that, like was efforts, both organic and and from the rest of our marketing team to Michelle, I think we're how many a month are we at media hits? Oh, gosh, like more than two dozen. (laughs) What? What? That's not all through Media Bar. That's sort of all of our quarterly numbers. However, it is... That's really high. (laughs) It's a lot. And especially, I said, sometimes when you start from nothing, you have a lot of room to grow. But it's not just these like smaller names either. Like we're really able to build quickly and get into these like bigger name sites, these sites with these higher domain ratings that are really making a difference for us in terms of share of voice, in terms of just reach in the industry. That's awesome. Congrats to you both and to the team. That's impressive. Yeah, thank you guys. Thanks for letting us brag about our awesome marketing team. (laughs) Brag on, brag on. (laughs) All right, let's play our game now. Every guest that comes on our show, Gianna and I, we try to guess what they would be doing in terms of work if they weren't working in cybersecurity marketing today. The rules are we can't look at your prior experience and kind of like steal ideas, right? Or maybe you posted about something and we have that little bit of recon. The idea is to go completely blind. Sometimes Gianna cheats and sometimes I cheat. I'm not cheating today. And the track record is she wins a lot. I lose a lot. (laughs) I lose a lot when I go second. So I'm going to go first from now on, Gianna. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I'm getting this like, Crazy political vibe from both of you, actually. I'm going to do this as a package, and then you tell me how off I am. I see you both in either as like political analysts, media analysts in politics, 
maybe even like working in political campaigns with candidates. It could be senators, it could be presidents, whatever. Anyway, in that sphere, I could see you both doing. Could be mayors. (laughs) Could be mayors, no. Like, you know, like national politics, not local. Okay. All right. And I think that, Claire, you would be a paleontologist. And, Michelle, I feel like you would be like sportscaster for a sport you enjoy. Okay, let's start with Claire. How far are we, both Jenna and I, in terms of your passion, what you would rather be doing today? Maria, you're on the nose, I would say. You are definitely on the nose. Gianna, no science for me, unfortunately. I'm based in Washington, D.C., so I feel like you had that going for you, too. Prior to being a cybersecurity marketer, I worked in the legal field, so you're pretty close. Okay. How about you, Michelle? How far off are we or how close? Well, I'm a little bit jealous that Claire gets to be a paleontologist in this hypothetical. Oh, I'm sorry. I, (laughs) you would be a paleontologist. (laughs) Um, um, No, so it's actually funny, Maria, you said that you always lose the game, but I think that you won today because I actually used to be a political journalist. That's what I did right after I left college. So yeah, covering like national political campaigns. I swear I did not see this or look at it or find it anywhere. This is just pure intuition. No, I think we're cursed. I think it's the curse of the go first or the go second, I guess. So I'm going first. 2023 is my year of going first. (laughs) Do not argue with me about that. All right. We'll make that a rule. (laughs) All right. Thank you both so much for being on the show today. Claire, Michelle, where can people find y'all if they are looking to reach out to learn more about anything you spoke about today or about, I guess, politics too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, definitely please anyone in the audience reach out. Would love to chat more about anything content marketing related. You can find me on LinkedIn at Claire McKenna. Yeah. Yeah. And you can find me, obviously you can find me at baradvisory.com, but you can also find my contact information on LinkedIn. If you search my name or if you go to Twitter, I am at Michelle Rawlings without the I in the word Rawlings because there were too many characters in my username. (laughs) So it's Michelle Rawlings with no I. Very trendy. That's what they used to do at startups. Maybe in the 2000s, you would just take vowels out of names. You know, (laughs) that was the trendy startup. the whole way. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks you both for being on. Maria, you want to close it out? Yeah, let's do it. Well, thanks for listening today. We loved having you both today on the show. Thank you so much. You've made millions of cybersecurity marketers very jealous, but I know you're open to helping. So (laughs) please reach out if you want to pick their brains. Listeners, thanks for being such amazing supporters of the show. Make sure you rate us, give us 10 stars if you can. Tell your friends, family, and neighbors about the show and tune in every Wednesday for a hot new episode. 